That's your prayer. Come on. Your glory. Exodus 3 verse 1 Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and he came to Horeb the mountain of God and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him long from the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. I'm going to tag this message part two from Dr. Long's sermon. A meeting at the bush. A meeting 
at the bush. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to join this man and congregation in a holy covenant. And it's a covenant that was promised from the foundation of the world. It's a covenant that God designed Christian love a long time ago. But it's a covenant that comes with some costs. And today I'm going to bag into this text talking about three things that it's going to cost your Moses in this covenant relationship. And it's also going to cost you. Number one, I'm going to talk about what happened when God called Moses. Number two, what happened when God compelled Moses? And number three, what happened when God commissioned Moses? It's all in there. Y'all gonna help me unpack it? It's good to have church. I've been in COVID where I'm at a long time. I'm just glad to be churching all day. Keep your Bibles on me. I like to walk through the text. Keep them open for me. The Bible says now... When Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, he was working for his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, whose name was Jethro. And he was working on the backside of the desert of Horeb, which was called the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, Reverend Thompson, the bush was burning. It was burning with fire, but it was not consumed. Then Moses, he turned and said, I'll turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Mm -hmm. And that was the time that the Lord spoke to him. Can I unpack this first portion of the text? When we come to this portion of the text, Dr. Crosby, the first thing we see is that God... When he appears to Moses, he calls Moses. Secondly, when he called Moses, he called him like Long said because he was already employed. God never calls a man who ain't doing nothing. When he calls a man, they already got a job. Are y'all in here? Oh, let me say it this way so y'all can say amen. They already got a work ethic. God sees him and he sees him doing something and he calls him. Thirdly, when God calls him, he appears to him in an unusual way. What do you mean? He reveals himself, the text says, as the angel of the law. Dr. Dunham, it's good to see you. We learned in Conroe School of Theology that when you see that word, the angel of the Lord, that's an Old Testament theophany. It's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Y'all with me here? That means Jesus himself in the Old Testament comes down and he's speaking with Moses. And when he calls him, he shows up. Watch this now. And speaks with him in the desert place. He ain't in the city no more. He's isolated. He's in a place void of distraction. He's in a place. He's at the mountain of God. Y'all in here now? And I believe that God set up this meeting. He knew when Moses was going to take them sheep around yonder. He knew what time of day he would be there. So God had already purposed in his geodistic mind to arrange a meeting. And it would be a meeting that Moses couldn't ignore. There it is. It would be a meeting where Moses could not say, I was seeing things. I was hearing things. It was a meeting that Moses would not be able to disclaim it wasn't God. Dr. Caesar Clark commenting on this text says something long long time ago. He said, this bush really wasn't all that exciting. Until God showed up. He said, it was just a bush. A bush in the desert. 
But when God shows up, he can take an ordinary nothing and make it a divine something. And only God can take an ordinary nothing, make it a divine something, and all of a sudden it becomes a geophistic meeting about the deliverance of a people who trapped in another country. Are y'all in here now? Clark goes on to say in that great sermon, what made this bush out of the ordinary is it was on fire. Wait a minute now. It was on fire, but didn't no man start the fire. The text don't say the rain clouds gathered and lightning struck. This was an unusual fire. It was so unusual that it consumed the bush, but didn't burn it up. And that's what catches Moses' attention. He has to turn aside and see this thing. That it's not burning. And then he hears it talking. Just like Long said. It was on fire, but it wasn't destroyed. It was burning with what I call, brothers and sisters, intentionality. This bush was burning with purpose. Persuasion. And the power of God. See, if the fire had been going out, he would have probably kept walking. But the fire called him. How many of you know the call got fingers on it? And no matter what you're doing, when you see it, it'll say, come here. Y'all in here now? When I look at this text, not only was this out of the ordinary, but this whole appearance at the burning bush, Pastor Green, was getting ready to change Moses' life. I stopped by to talk to my brother in the congregation today to remind you about the meeting at the bush. Why, why would I do that? Well, God has burned the bush for a reason. There's covenant getting ready to happen at this bush. There's an assignment getting ready to come at this bush. At this bush, there's an encounter for God, God's man, and God's people. In other words, Moses becomes chosen by God, not congregation. Your vote just aligns up with his will. But he had already set the meeting up a long time ago. Can I say some more? When I look at this bush, Reverend Green, Moses was called by God in the earth, watch this now, to follow him in obedience. Moses is called by God to be placed in a position where he might first see God himself. Before he goes and try to bring you out of bondage. Moses is called by God at the burning bush so he might, watch this now, experience the presence and the holiness of God. Y'all catch it? And after he had called him, chosen him, then he compels him to join him in what God want to do for mankind. Moses didn't want to go back to Egypt. He ran from there. I'll talk a little more about that. But Dr. Cochran, you've had a burning bush experience with God. And that's why we're here today. This ain't your first church. Can I help somebody? This ain't his first rodeo. This ain't no novice. You got a seasoned pastor here. Walk lightly. Did you hear me here? I've been with this man to Africa. He was there. He was there. She was there. She, 30 years. We've been serving churches in Birmingham, Alabama, Texas, 
Merce said he came and helped me reestablish my work in Fresno a few years ago. When I was a university pastor at Fresno Pacific, he took over the campus of Merced for the university. He's a university pastor. He's a learned man. Do I need to call his resume? He didn't been to Tuskegee. He didn't been to the institutes. He didn't been to Conroe School of Theology. He didn't been by way, and Harvard was chasing him before you got him. Are y'all in here? This is a learned man. Here it is. Moses was a learned man. When he got to Egypt, he had, I mean, to the desert, he had already been to the universities in Egypt. When he got to John Shepherding with his daddy, Jethro, he wasn't no novice. In fact, when he gets this call, he's 80 years old. I like what Long said. He knew how to have a job. But God, in all of that learning, had to set up a meeting. And it was a meeting. At the bush. Can I argue about the bush? You need the bush. Why, 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 Pastor? Well, you wouldn't have stopped doing all that stuff you was doing if God didn't give you a bush. You need this bush. You would have kept your life of ease in Fresno helping me. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> But a bush <laughs> called him and said, come here. Yeah. You need this bush. Yeah, Why, it was given to you as a fresh calling, yeah. a fresh encounter, yeah. a fresh look yeah. at what God was doing in the earth. Yeah. And it's a new challenge to experience God yeah. and to join him in what he's doing in the yeah. earth. I stopped by to tell you, Doc, and congregation, don't forget the bush. When things get hard, don't forget the bush. When your body ain't acting right, don't forget the bush. Y'all gonna help me preach? When the assignment gets lonely, don't forget the bush. When the winds of tribulation blow, don't forget the bush. When you're ready to throw in the towel, don't forget the bush. When the newness wear off, don't forget the bush. When the hounds of hell get louder and louder, don't forget the bush. Give me the answer, y'all can say, man. When the money gets funny and the change gets strange, don't forget the bush. When you stop seeing fruit and the harvest ain't so appealing. Don't forget the bush. When the Lord gets quiet and the covenant seems gone, don't forget the bush. Why, the bush will be a reminder of who called you here. Can I get a witness right there? We even looked? Yes. And what happened when God called Moses? Let's look now at what happened when God compelled Moses. In verse 7, the text says that the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And Dr. Crosby, I've heard their cry. And because of their taskmasters, I know their sorrows. So Moses, I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And I'm going to bring them up from that land to a good and a large land. A land flowing with milk and honey. It's the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Can I unpack this for you? Beloved, when we come to this portion of the text, you and I get to see God compelling Moses with what I call is his own story of oppression and slavery. What, what do you mean, Wilson? Well, God is telling Moses about his own people. And he's telling Moses about the struggle that they are living under. And the sinful location 
that they've been forced yeah. to yeah. dwell in. Yeah. 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 But Johnny, Moses understands this language because he's a man with history. Yeah. Here it is. And here's what I call a premature deliverer. Can I argue my case? He understands the social justice that God is talking about because he tried to free Israel 40 years before. He caught a policeman whipping on one of the boys in the neighborhood. And Moses looked to the left. Look to the right Amen. and decide, I'm going to deal with this right now. He tried to start a rebellion in his own human strength. Y'all know the Bible, right? Took the police out and killed him. Y'all in here now? Until the word got out. And then Moses had to flee for his life. He wanted to see them delivered a long time ago. But the time wasn't right. He was a premature deliverer. But now, I said, but now, God is ready. And God said, I've heard their cry. I've heard how they feeling about their taskmasters. And so I'm going to come down and I'm getting ready to do something about it. Can I argue the text? Why does God compel Moses now? Because he knows that Moses has his heart for the same things he's concerned about. Are y'all in here now? He's at the bush and he ain't got to beg Moses to get on the Lord's side. Something deep down inside of Moses was still mad at how the Egyptians had treated his people. He was still upset that the, the Hebrew girls were being raped by the Egyptian men. He was still mad that the Hebrew men were being unjustly incarcerated at evil and deceitful Egyptian laws. He was still mad at Pharaoh's social welfare system that kept the Hebrew men in bondage. He was still mad that they lived in the ghettos of Goshen and wasn't able to move on the north side. He was still mad until he had to get out of Egypt before he killed somebody else. Can I say some more? God compares him to get angry about what God is angry about. Here it is so y'all can say amen because God wanted Moses to divinely join him and the social justice movement to redeem his people from the hand of their evil taskmasters. I got Bible for my theology. Can I give it to you? He said, I have seen. I have heard. I know. And I have come down. We, we like to say in Fresno, uh, long, don't make it up. Look, look. Secondly, in this text, we come to understand, yeah, yeah. God always calls a man who can identify with God's mission. Uh, Moses was no ordinary choice. No, no, no. I mentioned earlier, he understood the suffering of the Hebrews. So God set up a meeting to compel him to engage in the plan of God. Notice this. God don't have to use anybody. Just hold a record. He's God. He could have done it all by himself. Y'all in here? He could have just said the word. And Pharaoh and Egypt bowed down. He could have destroyed Egypt like he did Noah's world. He could have sent angels to handle his light work in the earth. He could have just used the elements in the universe to destroy man. 
He could have done it a million different ways. But my priest brethren, he chose to use Moses. You say, why, Reverend? Because he wanted Moses to get to know him. Why does God do anything in the earth? So you can know him better. What else? Well, he wanted to use a covenant relationship. That's what we've been talking about, Jeremiah 31 and 31. God wanted to use a covenant relationship with Moses to elevate his people and to save them from calamity. I just dropped something right there. Why why did he do that, Wilson? He's a covenant God. Can I say some more? He uses people to save people. Huh? He uses people to help people. I'm talking to you, Christian love. He uses people to bless people. He uses people to serve people. He uses people to elevate people. He uses people to work with people. He uses people in a covenant relationship because they bring him honor and glory in the earth. Can I say some more? Thirdly, he compels Moses because he's got something better for his people. What? what? It's in the text. He has a land they ain't heard about. And this land, according to the Bible, is flowing. With milk and honey. Can I argue that right there? God has a place. He's already prepared for them. But they don't know nothing about it. Nor do they know how to get there. He's got a place where their fears are going to be relieved. He's got a place where they won't have to worry about the systemic systems of this world with their feet on their neck. God's got a place where his people will no longer suffer under the tyranny and the bondage of haters all their life. He's got a land that's prepared with all of their needs. But guess what? He ain't going to trust them to get there on their own. They're going to need a guide. Here it is. They're going to need a shepherd to walk them from this side to the other side. Can I argue my text? He knows they need a shepherd. He knows they need a shepherd. Watch this now. Who know how to treat sheep. He knows they need a shepherd who know how to walk with sheep. Who know how to talk with sheep. Who know how to get them out of thickets. Who know how to run off wolves. Somebody holler experience. He knows they need a shepherd who will love his people. Who will protect them. Who will feed them. And that's why he calls a meeting. With Moses. At the bush. And then compels him. To come and get on his assignment. That his people might be blessed. Can I open that thing? When I look at this text. I'm blown away. That God would do all that he did. For people. Who were going to turn around and reject him. But he did it anyway. Ain't you, ain't you amazed. At some of the Christians you know. At the way they act toward the God who delivered them. Is there anybody else in here but me? Scratch their head at why some believers do what they do. After God has been so good to them. But yet he keeps on loving them. And he still has a land. Flowing with milk and honey. That he's trying to get them to. And they misbehaving all the way. To the other side. Well. We've looked. And what happened when God called Moses? We've looked at what happened when God compelled Moses. Well, let's look now at what happens when God commissioned Moses. And I get out your way. Can y'all lean and give me 10 Baptist minutes right here? 
Bible says in verse 9? Now. I like it when the text opens that way. Now. Therefore, God said, Behold, the cry of the children of Israel, Moses is come up to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Here it is, verse 10. Come now. Therefore, and I will send you. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people. Y'all see that there? Of children, the children of Israel out of Egypt. That text is loaded. Let me unpack it. When you come to this portion of the text, you and I get to see the commission of God over Moses' life and for Moses' life. He's been called, he's been compelled, and he's commissioned to do what no other man on earth has been assigned to do. But preachers, Moses is to handle God's business on earth. You see the text says, I have come down. I'm going to deliver this. Now he passes the torch to Moses. Moses is going to do God's business in the earth. Can I say some more? Now this got me right here, brothers. God is sending him to the place, back to the place where he failed before. I told you, he tried to deliver him the first time. God sent him back the first time where you messed up. Second of all, he's sending him to the place where his mission bombed. He's sending him back where he was a wanted man. He sent him back to the place, Sister Wilson, love of my life, where nobody is expecting him or asking him to come. Y'all in here? Moses is being commissioned to do something, watch this, y'all, that nobody wants him to do. This is what I call hard tasks. Why, Pastor? Ain't no welcoming committee going to meet him there. Ain't nobody designated to take care of the deliverer's needs. There ain't no housing plan. Ain't no medical. No dental. No vision. Where's the transportation package? Are y'all in here? In fact, they don't even care. Y'all in here? But God has called it, compelled it, and commissioned it to go someplace where the people don't even want it. I love what Long said. Who signs up for that? Only the one God compels. Moses, here it is, Cochran, I want to say this to you, beloved. He's working for God and for God only. You get messed up if you start thinking you're working for the people. Here's what I learned in 30 years of pastoring. The people ain't got sense enough to love you. They don't want me half the Sundays. But I don't work for them. I've been called. I've been compelled and I've been commissioned. Are y'all in here now? And I gotta show up whether they show up or not. Why? Because at the end of all things, Brother Johnny, I gotta stand before God, not the people. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. When I look at this text, I'm blown away and I'm coming down, y'all. He's been commissioned by God. 
but a whole lot come with this assignment. When y'all get a chance, just read through Exodus. Look at everything that man had to go through. And what got me around Donovan, I know you have an answer for us. This got me right here. God didn't tell him all that stuff was going to happen. Only thing he said was you might make Pharaoh mad and he might not want to let him go. He didn't tell him how the people was going to misbehave. I believe that's right. And I don't know why he tucked that away and hid it from him, but when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask. But perhaps if he would have revealed it to him, he wouldn't have went. Y'all in here? I said, are y'all in here? Something God got to hide from you. Because he knew you won't follow through. If you really knew what taking on that ministry was going to look like. If you really knew what becoming a leader in the ministry was going to be. If you really had known the stuff that was going to happen to you. Come on, tell the truth and stand about the shirt. You wouldn't have never did that. I got to leave you now. But always remember my brother and congregation. In this assignment, God don't need you. Don't get it twisted. He don't need you, but he chooses to use you. Can, can I say some more? The God could have just said the word. And any beast or fowl of the air could have handled Pharaoh. In fact, y'all seen the ten plagues. What they did to Egypt. Even, didn't no man do that? Are y'all in here? God don't need you. Okay, so this thing translates in English. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God don't need you. But he chooses to use you. I got a lot of school, y'all. I'd have been in school half my life. <laughs> Multiple doctors and masters. I don't mean nothing in the kingdom. If I thought another degree would make him act right, I'd get one. If I thought another degree, Roy, would give me the answers, I'd get one. But it don't mean nothing in the kingdom. God, didn't Moses got 80 years of living. Uh, let me, can I just digress one moment? He is the son of Pharaoh's sister. He was Hebrew, but adopted into the Egyptian family. Which means he had access to the finest meals in the kingdom. He dined at her table, wore their clothes. When they got tattoos, he got tattoos. When they went to school, he went to school. But none of that compelled him to stay Egyptian. There was something drawn in him to his Hebrew people. Are y'all with me here? All that knowledge. He knew how to play Pharaoh's game. But decided, I'd rather have the things of God. Are y'all in here now? 80 years. And guess what? None of that stuff mattered. But when I look at Moses, that conqueror, I think he's a daddy. Yeah. He's a son. He's a leader. He's a husband. He's a shepherd. And he's a servant. See all the hats he's got to juggle. And God has a plan for his life. This meeting at the bush, I'm coming down now, was a covenant meeting. Place where he was going to get his calling. Where he was going to be compelled. And where he was going to be commissioned. I'm glad that Moses modeled this for us. Because a few years later, a greater Moses was on the way. There's another shepherd who's coming 
out the desert. And he too has humble beginnings. And I read over yonder in the New Testament where this shepherd is going to have a burning bush conversation. One day when Jesus was at the baptism of John I heard that the Bible said the heavens opened and a dove descended down on him in the form of the spirit and God the Father said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased that was service. It was at the baptism God called him and identified him to the work. And in the wilderness God the Spirit drove him in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights didn't he do it? Jesus was Moses of the New Testament. When he came out the 40 nights of temptation, I heard he gave sight to the blind. I heard he gave hearing to the deaf. I heard he raised the dead on mission for God. Jesus said, I didn't to call the righteous but I can to save the unrighteous didn't he do it I said didn't he do it I'm closing now but Calvary was the place of his assignment and on the cross he died didn't he die he died that you might be saved God, that we might have everlasting life. Is there anybody here? No, he died. Is there anybody here? No, they stretched him high and they dropped him low. Rocked his head in the arms of his shoulders. For me, he died. They took the body down, put it in a borrowed tomb, and early. Let's sing that old hymn of the church. Ah. 